Hey, what's up, my friends? It's Dr. Devin Tan. Welcome to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast, where we talk about mental models to help you simplify your parenting life. This week, I want to talk about failure. 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 What's that? Failure. Because I've been feeling like I haven't been measuring up. I was slow to get back to to you guys. Podcasting um, has had to take a uh, back step this time yeah, because, you know, the rest of life has been uh, busy. It's increasingly feeling like it's hard to juggle many things all at once. Just like spinning plates, keeping it up in the air all at once. I know that life gets like that a lot for many people. All of us, probably. Some of us balance things better than others. Some of us are much um, less skilled at doing so. Usually I pride myself on being able to do that quite skillfully, but the last couple of weeks has been rough. I think it hasn't helped that I, uh, after recovering from that weird post-viral thing I, I mentioned to you guys, whinged on about that several episodes um, uh, before. And then I got hit by some other thing. Um, it was probably the common cold or something like that. People call it the man flu. But man flu's a thing, man. It affects men. <laughs> flu affects men, right? And it's still rough. My shoulder's been sore. Uh, I feel like I've been plateauing in different areas of my um, of my life. Sports, um, music, clinically, not getting the results that I want uh, with interven- interventions that I have put into action for a number of my patients and not seeing the results that I want to see and then seeing my patients still in pain uh, has been quite difficult. It's not easy, but uh, it's a better it's a better day today. Um, I've managed to pull myself together. I've been doing a lot of journaling. Thank you to my friend um, Bobby Mules. He's been in <laughs> he's inspired me to journal, and um, I used to do that, and I forgot that it was a great thing to to practice. And I've incorporated that back into my life. And it's been very helpful. Why has it been helpful? Because when you write things down, I think it allows you to... Well, putting things into words promotes clarity. Uh, You know, when your head is mush, all your thoughts are... One of my patients calls her thoughts like brain worms because they're so squiggly. They're hard to straighten and keep track of. And if you do manage to catch one of these worms, um, it continues to wriggle and it's hard to put your finger on on it and figure it out. So writing things down can really help. And it's amazing what time can do. You know, after a few days, I go back and read what I've read and then I reflect and I think, man, the last two days, I feel differently today than I did a few days ago. Why is that? And then I can work out backwards what it was that um, led me or contributed to me feeling more rational about a particular situation today. So then I can lean on the learnings that I gleaned from reviewing my notes, my journal notes, uh, to see what sorts of things worked and what didn't work through my reflection or through my reflective process. So failure. Uh, I read somewhere that failing fast helps you to learn quick. 
you know, through trial and error. And I think, I think that's true. And um, when we fail, we, we learn. <laughs> Sorry if this sounds a bit circular, but you, you fail when you fail to learn lessons from your failure. Does that make sense? I think the problem that I fell into, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, or that lull I fell into, uh, was because I, uh, I, I dwelled on my failures in a way that was not very adaptive, obviously. You know, I got hung up on the what-ifs, the could-haves, the should-haves. You know, all those um, negative, cognitive, or unhelpful thinking patterns. Um, You know, we're all human, we're imperfect, and we, everyone, and you know, we're not immune uh, to these troubles. So when I feel like I'm failing, it's very threatening. It creates a lot of angst, anxiety, consternation. So to think, you know, am I good enough? Am I measuring up? Measure, measuring up? What am I doing here? Do I deserve to be here? And you know, it, it reminds me of uh, what I talked about in my very first episode: the imposter syndrome. Um, you know, am I just pretending? I feel like a fraud. Uh, you know, and I, that's not helpful, but I think everyone goes through that, and may, maybe that's necessary. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. Um, I can't figure out why why it's necessary, actually. I'm just saying that because I like to hedge my bets a little bit, because, you know, I'm not always right, and I'd be the second person to admit that. <laughs> so, you know, so I got caught up in... Uh, my own, my 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 own hang-ups, but the journaling uh, actually helped me to get through that. Um, and what I noticed is every day, you know, I write notes, um, and every day uh, I would review what I wrote yesterday and the day before. And a very interesting thing happened, so I realized that actually my my thinking processes did change over time. I was reviewing reviewing my notes, and I don't think I did anything different apart from just writing stuff down. I think that the act of processing thoughts, you know, um, straightening straightening out uh, brain worms, like I said before, it, it promotes clarity. And I think when you have clarity, uh, your limbic system has this sense of, or it, 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 there's an illusion of... Um, greater certainty about your 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 world at the moment that feels more ordered and then you, you don't have to jump to conclusions so much you don't have to worry about the what ifs and and catastrophize um, you can just deal with what's going on in the here and now and I wonder if maybe that was what was happening for me as I was jotting down thoughts reviewing thoughts reflecting and every day it was it was getting uh, less and less unhealthy <laughs> uh, so go and do it try it give it a go but um, just a couple of tips um, try your best to identify uh, you know three things that you should be working on things that you could do better at you know try and focus on those things and then you learn and then your so-called failure has turned into a learning opportunity and if you can master those things that you've identified as problem areas, 
which contributed to your so-called failure, you're going to be a better person for it. And you're going to fail less, in inverted commas, over time. Because remember, it's a long game. This is an investment that compounds over time. I think one of the benefits of uh, learning from failure in this way is you start to recognize where the potholes are in the road. You know, you start to learn what to avoid and what to capitalize on. And all this you can incorporate into uh, goal planning, um, you know, strategic planning, etc. And I think that's a very natural next step. You know, once you've taken uh, lessons from your failure, the next step is to then um, formulate a plan, uh, an action plan. What's your next step? What's your goal? How do you get there? And um, that plan would have been informed by at least the, the, the learnings you've had along the way, including the failures that you've, you've had. I think if you can do those things, you've increased your chances of success uh, going forward into the future. Just a little caveat first before, uh, about planning. Uh, I, th I think it doesn't necessarily stop failure, but planning is important. But don't be surprised if you don't get traction without a plan. Your plans need to be refined over time. And I think a great catalyst for refinement of plans is failure. You know, things not working out. I think plans are good because they offer framework and anchor points. You know, in the midst of chaos, it's, it's useful to have anchor points to return to when you, when you get lost. But of course, those anchor points uh, need to be refined. Um, you know, you, you, you increase your precision um, over time. And when you, when, you, when you fail, you learn, you relearn, you note things down, and you refine your, your plan. One, you don't repeat the mistakes of the past. I think you get better at preempting problems. And we know that preventing problems is much more fruitful than trying to uh, put out raging fires. You know, damage, because that, that's then damage control. But even within damage control, you, you learn important lessons, which you can then use to refine your, your planning, your, your strategic plan. Case in point, I deal a lot with children who struggle to go to school. My own kids at times have struggles to go to school. It's not easy. I know. It's not easy getting a kid to school. Now, let me just say, okay, this is a bit of a segue. Going to school is not in our genes. It's not in our genetics, I would argue. We don't wake up to grow up to go to school. It's just something that we, we have ended up having to do, right? I'm not saying that school is not good. I'm just saying that <laughs> the act of separating from your parents to go to school at a young age doesn't feel natural. <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it doesn't feel natural. And so it makes sense, you know, when parents get anxious when their kids start to um, feel distress around transition points when they're um, being dropped off at school. You know, it makes sense. It is unnatural. And that's, that's just how it is. It's unnatural. But, but, and there's a but, it, in modern times, we, we have to find ways to increase our kids' resilience to hardship, to adversity. Because life is hard. It's not easy. I've talked about this book before in the past, you know, The Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Haidt. And I recommend that to you. You know, he says we should be preparing children for the road rather than preparing the road for our kids. And 
that resonates with me. I think you'll find it helpful reading it. School refusal is hard, but it is possible to to find solutions that that work uh, to help your kid manage and navigate the distress around going to school. It also means that you have to learn how to manage your distress because it's not easy, but it takes a village and it takes a team. You, you need a plan to help you when you get stuck. And it's important to have others on board as well. Not just for, not just for accountability, accountability's sake, but also for um, solidarity. You know, you, you, you do need a village of support. It's much easier to transition children from one place to another if they have solid attachments um, at school. And I would recommend that that attachment be an adult, a teacher, uh, ideally, but an adult, not another child. Okay? I've said many times before, peer orientation and attachment to another child, a child attached to another child, is like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> okay? I mean, yeah, I can see the logic in it, right? You know, your kids might have friends there, but friends can be fickle. Kids can be fickle. Kids are not um, always constant. They, they are changeable, variable. And you don't want that when you're trying to get your kids to school. You want certainty, as much certainty as you can get. And you want that within the context of a community of like-minded, attached adults. I think that idea of failing fast is relevant. You know, you've got to do things fast. And you have to have a review fast as well, so that you can review the plan, rework it, and refine it quickly, and then test it out. Test it, test it, test it. Often you need several runs before you have a solid uh, foundation for a working plan that helps you to deal with most eventualities. I mean, when it comes to school review, so refu <laughs> oh, when it comes to school refusal and parenting advice, it's a dime a dozen. Information overload. Um, but the best way to understand what's going to work is your own testing, your own experiments. Of course, um, you'll get further ahead if you have good mental models already set. Uh, with that in mind, you know, go and check out the, the free toolkit for emotional storms. I talked about it in the past. It's a free mini, tra mini training in video format, and there's a PDF guide as well. It's a framework. It helps you to manage emotional storms in a calmer way, and it helps you to, to anchor yourself in the midst of emotional chaos. It's free. Go and check it out, huddlewisdom.com forward slash get tools, G-E-T-T-O-O-L-S. And also, if you enter the coupon code CONNECT, when you go and buy the Empathic Parenting Discipline audio course, you'll get 20% off or something like that for my podcast listeners. So go and check that out. All right. Hey, I hope that was useful, my friends. And um, yeah, I'm sorry for the delays and I'll catch up with you next time.